It's a dark time for the Puddlesphere. Marshal Latham, striking from a hidden base, has won his first victory since forming the Journey Into podcast. During the battle, he managed to steal Rish Outfield away from the Doomsdeef podcast, forming an alliance between them based on their love for Star Wars. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Marshall and Rish believe they have something interesting to say about the decades-old franchise, its characters, the players behind the scenes, and the new adventures to come. Clearly, they must be suffering from delusions of grandeur. So you are recording now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm out of it for a little while. Everybody gets delusions of grandeur. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Delusions of Grandeur here on the Journey Into podcast. Uh, my name is Marshall Latham. I'm here with Rish Outfield. That's right. And we're ready to talk more Star Wars. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but but we're back. Yeah, we you uh you writ have written another Star Wars sketch in the time that we've been away. So that's something people can look forward to in the new year. Yeah, I just need we need to finish that up and uh get it recorded. That that, that is definitely something I'm looking forward to getting out here on the podcast. And then we're also in an exciting time because Book of Boba Fett has started on Disney Plus, which we'll have to talk about. Yes, you you were probably expecting us to be talking about the Book of Boba Fett this time around. We're going to wait until we have two episodes to talk about. So we'll we'll be back soon to to do that, but uh I think tonight we we want to talk about something that you're more familiar with than I am kind of the, the toy world and the action figure world, you were telling me that uh, there was an opportunity to get a Rancor action figure. So I was hoping you could tell everybody about that story. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if that's the case, then strap in, because it's going to be a, <laughs> a, maybe not a bumpy ride, but certainly a long one. Sounds good. I'm ready. Uh, it's good to be back with you, Rish. Yeah, Happy New Year, man. Yeah, by the time this comes out, it will be a new year. Happy New Year. Yeah, 2022 is going to have a lot of Star Wars in it, it looks like. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we'll get that Obi-Wan Kenobi show. We'll get Bad Batch Season 2, right? I believe so, yeah. We'll get all of the episodes of Boba Fett, except for the first one. And uh, it seems like there's one more show that I'm not thinking of. What is it? I don't know when the other ones are coming out. The Andor or the... I can't remember. Surely that. they've shot that Cassian Andor show by now, right? They've been talking about it for a long time, so I would think so. Yeah, have we seen any stills of it or or cast announcements or any of that stuff? Like well, like a year ago they showed like a a sizzle reel of it that they were working on it and some of the concept and some of the set, but Okay, well Yeah, I I thought that would have been out by now, but yeah, then surely it uh, it'll be twenty twenty two. I I'm, it may be that the the pandemic slowed everything way way down, and for a while there, these TV series had to wait for the uh, what is that thing called that I can never remember the name of that's 
There's the volume. The volume. That's right. They had to wait for something else to finish with the volume so they could start. But now there are three volumes. Ah. So they can uh, have multiple projects going at the same time. Very cool. Yeah, and I guess we're probably not going to get Mandalorian until maybe by next December. But Yeah, they'll probably release it at the end of the year. Yeah. That seems to work for them. and. Uh, th- that's fine as long as they have lots of other stuff in between. <laughs> My uh, son wanted to watch Star Wars on Christmas. He said, it's just not Christmas without Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that's great. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. You raised that kid right. Yeah. I couldn't even get my nephews to uh, stop looking at their phone during Book of Boba Fett. Oh. It was 38 minutes long and... <laughs> Yeah, that was just too long. I don't know. Too much sand. Yeah, for some reason, my kids aren't very interested in, in that. I'm like, why not? But hmm. I don't know. He's all They're all over the Mandalorian and stuff, so I don't know. Well, I wonder, will we ever know how big a deal Boba Fett is compared to Mandalorian as far as like numbers of eyes watching it or households watching it, you know? Netflix will release their numbers of as far as streaming goes. Yeah, hours watched, I think, is what they measure. But does Disney Plus do that? Not yet. I don't think they've they've been divulging anything. It'd be nice to know. Well, then, how do we know which how successful this series is compared to the other one? You know, if did it add viewers? Did it lose a significant chunk of viewers? You know how right. It's hard to know because Mandalorian was an untested character in an era we'd never seen before. And Boba Fett is a a hugely popular cult character from the original trilogy. But it doesn't have the cute child going for it. So, So I don't know. I mean, if somebody said it got better ratings, I would believe them. And somebody said it got much worse ratings, I would believe them. Yeah. I can't see it. Well, it's probably just my opinion piping in, but it it seems like Mandalorian is going to be tough to beat. But I could see Ahsoka doing that. Oh, yeah, maybe that's coming out this year, too. Is that 2022? It might be. They they also finally announced what the Acolyte was. Oh, yeah. And I don't think we talked about that at all. But it it is set during the High Republic yeah. Which is that uh, whole side project book series and stuff that's going on and comic series that I, I still don't know anything about. But I saw that the, <laughs> they cast the lead, the actress in The Acolyte. And uh, I can't remember her name right now, but I used to know it. Yeah, I saw that too, but I don't remember either. She was the little girl in The Hunger Games in that first very bad movie. Oh, okay. The the sister? No, no. the The girl that's it that that is killed in the Hunger Games that Katniss sort of takes under her her wing under her protection. Oh, little Rue. Yeah, the the actress's name is Amandla Stenberg. Okay. Weird that I would forget a name like that, but uh, <laughs> but I did, and she is going to be playing the lead. Huh. I'm not sure if. She is the title character if she is an acolyte. They, ha- they haven't revealed much except for that it, it takes place during the late High Republic. Which will be kind of interesting because how do you, like if nobody's been reading the books or comics or 
anything, you know, how are you going to introduce all this stuff that's going on with the High Republic? Well, is the High Republic, does it have a bunch of, of recurring characters? Is the High Republic about characters or is it about a time period? I think there are recurring characters. I know the main Jedi, I've heard them people talk about her, but she's kind of like the leader of all the Jedi at this space station thing that they put out on the outer rim. But that's about all I know. And that there was some, some horrible event that killed a bunch of people or something. But I'm going to have to become more educated about that, I guess. Well, yeah, you, you do that. And if I'm confused, then you can answer questions for me. <laughs> I'll try. That'll be interesting. So, uh, yeah, as, as far as upcoming shows go, uh, Book of Boba Fett is seven episodes. Obi-Wan Kenobi is six episodes. Okay. Cassie and Andor show is 12 episodes. Wow. And that's all we know. The rest are uh, currently filming or set to start filming. Okay. Ahsoka has not started filming yet. That's March. Acolyte doesn't start filming until May. And no talk about when Mandalorian is filming. Huh? No, it just says it's expected to premiere in 2022. Oh, okay. Also, I mean, it's been a while since you and I recorded on all this, so I don't know how much we need to go over things that are going on. About a month and a half ago or so, I wanted us to sit down and record, and we just we, we didn't get to it. But that, that movie that uh, Patty Jenkins was supposed to be doing. Oh, right. Yeah, we haven't talked about that at so all. So that, that got delayed, and I don't know if it's one of those creative differences things or if it's uh, just... All the things that slow everything down. Well, yeah, I think that's what everybody was assuming from the the initial report was that it was indefinitely suspended due to scheduling conflicts and they didn't know when it was going to work. And then, I don't know, what was it, two weeks later or three weeks later, they said, no, actually, we've uh, kind of worked out the schedule and we know it's going to happen or whatever, but... Still no details of what was really going on there. Okay, so we, we don't know, but it's it's off the the schedule? or they, they haven't announced anything about the schedule, but they did send some encouraging, we have worked it out as far as when we can do it, but they haven't said when. Huh. Well, I, I do know that Patty Jenkins is now going to do the third Wonder Woman movie next. Okay. And, you know, originally she was going to do this... Star Wars movie and then deal with Wonder Woman after. It is weird how we we keep having these problems uh, and people get fired or people get replaced or <laughs> the movie gets replaced. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially after big announcements. I mean, that was a big deal with the whole thing that she did about her dad and the jet fighter and all that kind of stuff and when it looked like it was going south, it was like, wow. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Yeah, I, I'm sort of reminded that I had a, a so so I very briefly lived in a dorm situation. You know, one of those where yeah you got a bunch of roommates and we're, you're all living together in an area and and there was this kid and he had a, a roommate and you just got paired up by at random right <laughs> yeah. and everybody was talking that his roommate beat him up. And yeah, there was just this big buzz of like, what a piece of crap his roommate is to do that, to beat this kid up. You know, the, we vilified this guy 
that did it, never having asked him what the situation was. But of course, uh, the whatever you call it, the administrator, the the person that was in charge, the adult that lived in the dorms separated those two and switched everything around and put this kid with somebody else. And like a month later, the new roommate beat this same kid up. Oh, really? He got beat up by a second person and all of our jaws dropped. And I just remember talking with my roommates and we all thought, (laughs) I'm not so sure that that first roommate was such a bad guy after all. You know, the, the, the second time it happens, you start to wonder, oh, okay. Yeah, what was he doing to aggravate the roommate? Right. Huh. But, but that, that's neither here nor there. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> we're, we're here to talk about Star Wars. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we talk about Boba Fett? Well, I don't have anything in particular, but uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking on the phone and you had, you were telling me all about this Rancor figure, action figure, that was up for, I don't know, some kind of a group fund site or something like that. That if they got so many people to donate to this figure, they would uh, put it out. Hasbro was doing this. and uh, Yeah, it, I, I don't know if we had talked about that in previous episodes. Maybe we had... But Hasbro is the big toy company. It's Hasbro and Mattel pretty much are the the two biggest. And Hasbro has the Marvel license. They own Transformers and G.I. Joe, and they also have the Star Wars license. And they've been around forever, uh, created a ton of really memorable, great toys. And they came up with this idea, this concept of a sort of Kickstarter kind of thing where they will float a proposed toy... These are high-end collectibles for like the real serious fans, and they have to have a minimum number of backers by a certain time period, let's say like 45 days. And if the backers, if enough people sign on to pay this, this high fee, then they go into production, and about a year later, those items come out. And it's called HasLab. And Oh, that's right. I've heard that before, yeah. And the very first HasLab they did was Jabba's sail barge. Okay, and that was a success. And, and it was this gargantuan, I, it was like three and a half feet long sail barge in the 375 scale, that, you know, the Kenner Star Wars scale. Wow. And it was $500. And I remember when they announced it, just thinking, oh my gosh, who has $500 for this? Or more importantly, who has room to display <laughs> something like this? But... It ended up being really, really impressive, and I did see somebody that had one and looked at it, and and I just thought, oh, gosh, I should have supported this, but I didn't do it, and it was the very first one they did, and then they did a Transformers one, they did a Muppets one, (laughs) they did a Marvel Legends one, they'd just done a G.I. Joe one, they did a Ghostbusters one. Uh, but the one that I wanted to talk to you about was that they announced that they were going to do a Rancor monster okay. from the the Black series, which is the six-inch scale. It's the same as Marvel Legends or like DC Universe Classics, you know, that kind of thing. And so it would be significantly bigger than any Rancor they'd ever made before. You have some six-inch figures, right? Yeah, I have several. Do you, do you have a six-inch scale Gamorrean Guard? No, I have all droids. Okay, well, I, I'm just saying, uh, 
the, the rancor had to be big enough to put that Gamorrean guard in his mouth. Oh, right. So oh. that sort of tells you how big this sucker was going to be. It was something that they announced in October, and it was $350, which is a lot of money. Okay. But it was really, really big, super articulated. And when they first announced it, I was so excited. I really, really wanted this thing. That sounds pretty cool. I never had a Rancor toy as a, a little kid. Uh, I never had a Rancor toy as an adult. It just wasn't something that I ever bought or, you know, I, I don't know why, but I wanted this big thing. And Hasbro ultimately talked me out of it. And that's that really <laughs> surprised me. That's not their job. No, it it isn't. And I made a list here just because I knew we were going to talk about it of why it failed. Yes, I, I did. I just buried the lead here. They wanted 9,000 backers of this thing for $350 wow. plus tax each. And I, I wish I could remember the numbers on some of the previous Haslabs, except for that all of them in the past have succeeded, except for the Muppets one, which was a life-sized cookie monster puppet. Wow. People just weren't willing to spend $200 on a, on a cookie monster, I guess. But all of the rest have succeeded. They did a Unicron. You know who Unicron is from Transformers, right? Yeah. So it just a, a gargantuan Transformer. They did a Sentinel X-Men robot in the six-inch scale. At the end of summer, they did a Galactus in the six-inch scale. Yeah, you were telling me about the Galactus one. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about it a lot. It's it, it was really interesting. It was fun to watch it. The numbers go up and up and up. And one of the things that they do to uh, not reimburse, what's the incentivize you, right, is that they will have these tier goals. And you probably know what I'm talking about because you've backed Kickstarters and stuff before. Yeah. But it's like, okay, for us to make it, it has to sell a certain number. And I think for the sale barge, it had to sell 5,000. For uh, Galactus, I, I feel like it was 12000 that it had to sell. But if it sold more than that, you know, if it sold 14000 then we will throw in, for no extra charge, this extra thing that goes with it. So on Galactus, you know, Galactus is the thing that you're supporting. But if it gets above the first tier, then, the, you know, they would also include the Silver Surfer and his board and a stand so you could have Galactus holding the Silver Surfer in his hand or on, you know, on his shoulder or something like that. Right. And then if that was surpassed, then Frankie Ray Nova, who was another herald of Galactus, oh, yeah. was going to be thrown in. And that, that they, they made it on, on both of those. They, they announced a, a third tier, which is, and I, I've forgotten his name already, do you know the names of the Heralds of Galactus? We went through this when they first announced them. Yeah. But there's a red... Uh, fire, fire Lord? Uh, no, no, no. He's, he's a red, monstrous-looking guy. He looks a little bit like the guy that killed Superman. Uh, starts with a D. Oh, uh, Terax. No, but no, he's not Terax either. Um, not Airwalker. <laughs> I think we've talked about Airwalker before. Yeah, you, you knew a, a bunch of them, and I thought that that was really neat. So his name is... I want to say Morg, M-O-R-G. 
Oh, yeah, I'm not familiar with Morg. That must have been a later one. Well, he's from 1992. Were you still reading comics in those days? Oh, yeah, but that's kind of the time I was kind of fading away a little bit. So that was the third tier. And then the fourth tier was just this little throwaway thing where there was a story, I guess, in the comics where Dr. Doom got the power of Galactus. And so they mm-hmm. they threw in a Doctor Doom head you could put on Galactus's body, with a hood and all that. Only it's a purple hood instead of green. <laughs> there were people that complained about that, but hey, it's it's you're not being charged for it. It's another it's a freebie that you're being thrown in. Right. And I feel like I'm over explaining, but uh, we have to fill our our time somehow. <laughs> so on on the Rancor, they didn't seem like they were ready. When, when the, the countdown began, they didn't have an actual sample of what the Rancor would look like. They had a grayscale computer model hmm. to show what it would look like. And they said at that very first presentation, there is an actual physical prototype that we have made, and it's really cool. But they didn't show it. And that made me think, well, guys, you guys jumped the gun like months early, like your bosses said it had to start and you weren't ready, right? Because you've seen the prototype, but you don't have it with you and you're doing the announcement. <laughs> but trust us, it's really cool. Yeah. So so that was sort of strike one and it wasn't a huge strike. Let's just say that that was, a, a, you know, a, a foul ball. So it's, it's, it, it is technically a strike, but, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. I would say strike two, though, was... They announced the Ghostbusters HasLab and the G.I. Joe HasLab at the same time. So they had three going at the same time that all ended within a week and all started within a week of each other. And those obviously were going to force people to choose because not everybody has a thousand dollars they can blow on on everything. You know, the Ghostbusters one was a proton pack like a cosplay prop kind of thing that you could wear that you turned on and it made the noise and, you know, it had flashing lights on it and it looked really, really screen accurate. And people were excited about that. I, I, I didn't get why people would want it. Yeah. But yeah, it would be neat to hang it on your wall or if, let's say you were a cosplayer. It would be great to have that. Uh, the G.I. Joe one was this jet called the Sky Striker that they were making in like a deluxe format and... Uh, they were going to throw in a bunch of figures like a pilot and a co-pilot. And anyway, they were all at the same time. So that was strike two, because for these things to be special, they really should be special and maybe do one every six months or one every three months, but not all the same time. Yeah, it's getting greedy. Seems the like. third. Yeah, th- there you go. And and it probably was beyond their control, like the their overlords, the Hasbro overlords said, you know, we want this money in fourth quarter 2021 but the the third strike was that fourth quarter 2021 the deadline to back the rancor was december it was right before christmas when everybody is already spending tons of money on their families and on trips and on presents and oh my nephew i'm going to get him this or you know it was a bad time to put that out yeah. You know, it wasn't just three strikes, though. I still would have backed it with these other things going. I didn't need a proton pack. I'm not a G.I. Joe guy. I'm a Star Wars guy. There, there were a lot of people that said that it was too expensive. 
that a, a Rancor should not cost more than $200. And even then, wow, uh, part of it was it had super articulated fingers, like all of the joints and the thumb and that, so that you could have it, you know, grasp and claw and flip the bird yeah. and whatever you wanted it to do, which is cool. But I know that that jacked the price up a little bit. They were going to have a metal chain and, and you know, and, and bracelet on its arm and like a metal earring. Not that we ever saw that. They promised that's what they were going to do. And so, I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was really, really deluxe. They said that uh, it was going to have a ton of paint applications, over 200, they said. And so, you know, that jacks the price way, way up too. I, I was torn because $350 is more than I've ever spent on anything for Star Wars. You know, that's, that's I guess that's pro probably around where that Millennium Falcon was last year. The, the Target exclusive one, did you ever see that? I didn't see that one. Well, I think it was the same Millennium Falcon that they had at Toys R Us in 2010. But, oh, but okay. they re-released it with a, uh, what is that called? The Disneyland? Uh, Galaxy's Edge? With a Galaxy's Edge yeah, uh, branding on it. But anyhow, there, there was a lot of talk about it of, 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 uh, among the fans. And the, the, the debate was, you know, is this too much? Is this, is this a done deal? Is this good? Will, will people just buy anything that says Star Wars on it? And there's sort of a, a, a consensus that for a bunch of people, yeah. Huh. If it says Star Wars on it, they will buy it, no matter what the quality is or ma matter how much it costs. But the, for me, the deciding factor was going to be those bonus tiers, you know, what else are you going to get in it? And, and naturally, if you were going to, to add, let's say, two action figures with the Rancor, what would you include? Probably the Keeper. Okay, Rancor Keeper. Maybe uh, uh, that big gate that he came out of or something, or a Gamorrean guard, maybe? Okay, well, yeah, that that's, was Hasbro's thinking as well. So the, they announced that if it sold... 11,000 that they would include a Gamorrean guard. Unfortunately, that those Gamorrean guards were already released and they were so overproduced that, that you can still get them for retail price today. Huh. Uh, you can go on to Big Bad Toy Store and just order Gamorrean guards. But I understand you want to be able to feed it a Gamorrean guard or have it had that <laughs> in its hand. But they, the, the gimmick was that this Gamorrean Guard, it's identical to the one that they've already released, but this one is going to be on a card replicating what the Star Wars figures looked like in, you know, in the 80s. Okay. And you know how Star Wars fans are. There are going to be a bunch of people that are saying, oh, perfect, you know, it's going to be mint on card and I'm never going to take it off the card. And I, I thought about that and I was like, darn it, yeah, I... I if I got that, I would never be able to display it because, you know, you're paying essentially for the card. I already have a Gamorrean guard, yeah, but I don't have one on a spiffy card like this. But, you know, that, that, that wasn't so much of a deal breaker. The second tier that they announced, you know, if it sells 14, no, 13,000, we're going to include a bunch of skulls, including... <laughs> The skull that Luke Skywalker threw at it at, oh, at, at the door. 
and we're going to include a cardboard backdrop that shows the Rancor's gate. Oh, okay. <laughs> on cardboard. Well, yeah, I was going to say, that that's not too exciting. It wasn't. This was the first time I had ever seen this happen since HasLab had been uh, begun. But when they announced that second tier of a cardboard display backer and skulls, people started canceling their orders of the Rancor. It was the first time I'd ever seen the numbers go down after an announcement. And that was just horrifying because that's not what's supposed to happen. They did a second presentation and this time they actually brought in the prototype, but it was gray, but they were showing like what the joints were going to look like. They were showing how big it was. You know, they took a Gamorrean guard in its hand and showed, you know, that you could put it in its mouth, although the legs stuck out. But that was that was how that worked. And then they announced that tier of the skulls. And that is if it reached, I think, 13,000 sales. And before they announced that, it was just over 5,000. So 5,000 people had backed it. It was more than half. And after they announced it, it started to drop. It dropped to about 4,800. And then it just stayed. And the scuttlebutt was, you know, this is just insulting. Those skulls and the cardboard backdrop should have just come with it. You know what I mean? It's like, how much does it cost to put out a piece of cardboard? Right, with a printed image that you could get off a screenshot or whatever. Right, I think you could go to Kinko's and do it for two bucks. You know, it's coming in a box anyway, so it should have just been part of the box or... Or part of the backdrop. And then yeah, there were people that were like, ooh, these skulls are exciting. But a lot more people said, no, you can 3D print skulls for almost nothing. Yeah. Or you can buy skulls, you know, from, from Halloween stores or whatever it is. So uh, they, they, they said, we're going to do one more presentation right here at the, at the end when there's like a week left. And we will show off the painted prototype of what it's going to look like. And then we'll announce what the final two tiers are. And at this point, you know, it was hanging out at about 4,800, 4,900 backers. And it just stayed. They didn't get any newer backers. And it was really weird to watch that because you'd hit refresh on the page and the numbers wouldn't change. And that never happens. Part of the fun of these HasLabs is to go to that website and just hit refresh and watch the numbers go up and up and up. Right. There, there was a lot of discussion about that, it, that this is greed, that Hasbro is just too greedy, but they need to throw in the Rancor Keeper and they need to give us Ula because you know who Ula is, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Twi'lek that fell down, the first one to fall down. Right, because th- there, there may be, I'm not saying there is for sure, but there may be a bit of controversy about releasing a figure of a character like that in stores. But if you include a scantily clad alien slave dancer in this, <laughs> in, in, in with a $350 figure, then there's not going to be anybody seeing it in stores or people being upset. You know what I mean? This is the perfect opportunity. And also with a Rancor Keeper, he's a big, fat, shirtless dude. Yeah. It's not going to sell a lot in stores. So these these are the two perfect 
items for the last tiers is what people were saying. And, and I agreed with them. I was just like, yeah, okay, that's what I want as well. Uh, I, I remembered that there was a second Rancor Keeper, if you, if you recall, the one that like attacked Luke and then the fat one pushed the, the guy away to go cry by the Rancor and, the, and his friend yeah, went over and yeah. comforted him. I was just like, well, you could release that too. But the day came and they did their, their live stream and they announced that the third tier action figure was going to be Salacious Crumb. Oh, gee. So, uh, Which had already been out probably too. The, right? the, he had been released in 2014, Salacious Crumb. He came with Jabba the Hutt, but he's about an inch tall, and <laughs> he was going to also be on a card like the, the Kenner stuff. But that, that was upsetting because Salacious Crumb doesn't have anything to do with the Rancor, and he's not really a figure. He's a third of a figure, yeah, exactly. He's a figure accessory kind of thing. And so for their final tier, they announced Luke Skywalker in his Jedi outfit, in the black outfit from the beginning of the movie, right? With the cloak. Yeah. And everybody has that figure already. They made it in, I'd say, 2014. And then they made it again in 2019 as a Walmart exclusive. It was the same figure, but it had a, a more... Mark Hamill-y face. It looked a little bit better. Okay. But here we are in 2021, and they announced it again. And people were outraged. People were super upset about this. And, and I totally understood, because either you already have Luke Skywalker, or if you don't, this is a figure you can release in stores, and it will sell. Whereas some of these other guys are not. Yeah. And then, to make matters worse... Disney Store Online had announced a creature pack on the Monday before this announcement, and the creature pack included Salacious Crumb. And I ordered it, and other people ordered it. And then three days later on this live stream, they announced Salacious Crumb would be included <laughs> with the Rancor. But I, I was just angry because I had just bought it that same week. Anyhow, they did bring out the painted prototype and... A lot of people complained that it was made of this rubbery material that looked clumsy, not clumsy, cheap and flimsy. Mm. They turned it around and showed like the spines on its back. And one of them, the rubber had split. Like if you ever had like a rubber mask and you wore it too many times, it would start to split or, or tear. Yeah. And the prototype had a tear in it. And people were just like, oh my gosh, do you see that? This is going to degrade or you're not going to dare play with this if it's this fragile. And so by this point, this is like strike eight. Big Anklevich said that the Rancor is just too big. I don't have any place to put it. And I said, oh, well, you could have it like hanging off of your big display rack, you know, kind of thing. And he says, no, I wouldn't dare hang it on there because if it fell, that's $350 and it would take everything with it. And no, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So that was a week before the deadline that they announced these things. And the numbers just, they crept up a little bit. But I'm sure they expected them to just shoot up for it to reach its 9,000 that day. And it didn't do it. And I waited for Hasbro to do another presentation or to do an announcement or to, do, to say something. And they, they, they didn't. 
They never did another live stream. They just let the time tick down. And they sent out an email right before, I'm going to say like three days before the deadline that says, hey, we understand people are upset. We are now going to include a Rancor Keeper with the Rancor, just at the very base tier. You know, you don't, you'll just get it if you buy the Rancor, but you know, we don't have a picture of what it will look like or a prototype or any of that. Just, but you know, just (laughs) thank, thank you for backing the Rancor. And I said, well, okay, that, you know, that that's in the right direction. That's, that's one of those figures that we really wanted included. Hopefully they will show us, you know, something before the end. But these Hasbro guys never did another live stream. They didn't do, you know, tweets or, or Instagram posts where they showed, you know, what it was going to look like with the metal. The, the prototype just had a rubber chain. They never addressed like the, the, the bad, the rubber break on the back of the, the spine and said, you know, oh, yeah, this, this, this is not the material that the Rancor is going to be part of or, or any of that stuff. They just stayed silent. And that really shocked me because I, I assumed it's these, this team's job to sell this thing, right. to make sure that the numbers reach not only the minimum, but go all the way up there and like break records. But it was radio silent. And maybe they had all committed seppuku or something like that, but that we never heard anything. And the night came that the deadline arrived and the numbers started to rise. And that's what happens is a bunch of people back on the first day and then it's, it's really dead. And then at the very end, right before the deadline, a bunch of people jump on. And I thought, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I watched the numbers and, and yeah, sure enough, they did start going up and up and up and the deadline came and it ended with just over 8,400 backers. Wow. Uh, I've got it at 8,491 out of 9,000. Oh, this was a few seconds before it, it ended. I took a screenshot just so I could see. Okay. And it, it, it ended. I thought, okay, well, they're going to make an announcement tomorrow or tonight and say, hey, you know what, guys, we're going to give you an extra two weeks or whatever because you're so close to the deadline or we're, we'll do another live stream where we talk about it or, or, hey, we're going to put this thing on hold and we'll come back maybe in January or you know, sometime when you're not competing with these other HasLabs or when it's not Christmas time. We're going to let people know that we heard all the complaints but but nothing. We never heard anything. The next day, they updated the site and said it did not fund. And that was it, huh? And that was it. And it just made me wonder what was going on with this team. And maybe I should have said that the the Marvel Legends team are so enthusiastic and they will get on and they will do a live stream where they talk about upcoming figures. And with Galactus... They kept doing live streams where they'd show off the prototype and they'd show off the accessories and they'd talk about their favorite Galactus stories and and figures that wouldn't it be cool to pose Reed Richards wrapping his arm around Galactus's leg, you know, this kind of stuff. And, And they just kept coming on and on. And every time they'd do a live stream, the numbers would jump way up because their enthusiasm was infectious. And the Star Wars team... They were the opposite of that. 
they would do a, a live stream and you would be less convinced that you wanted it. Wow. One of the things that they did was they said that they went to the Lucasfilm archives and they did a digital scan of the actual maquette, the Rancor, and that they real they noticed that he had ball bearings where his eyes should be to get like this really reflective look to him. Okay. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's great. And then they showed the prototype and it was just sculpted plastic eyes. <laughs> and then when they showed the painted prototype, the eyes were really dead and lifeless and it was just painted. And I thought, well, why did you guys mention that the eyes were ball bearings unless you were going to put ball bearings in its, in its eyes? I, I, that seems like the sort of thing that we are paying for with $350. I'm looking at the image of the painted Rancor as I talk. Yeah, I, I, I pulled it up myself. Its eyes are not expressive. Its eyes are not lively. They just look like paint. And I, I was, I'm so disappointed, and, and other people were as well, because, yes, Star, there are Star Wars fans that will buy anything that says Star Wars on it. Yeah. And people were not buying this. I think that's all I've got to say, except for that the the goal for the the proton pack. Proton pack, yeah. And I, I I don't know if I told you how much that sucker was. I can't remember if he did either. But but yeah, let let me let me put this in perspective. The proton pack cost three hundred and ninety nine dollars plus tax, and it's very impressive. But it doesn't come with the neutrino wand, whatever they called those, the, the wand that the guys held in their hand yep. to fire at the ghosts. You had to buy that separately. Huh. That is, okay, neutrino wand, $124.99 for that. Oh, wow. So it, this was insanely expensive. And on that one, the goal was... 7,000. They had to have 7,000 backers. And when it ended, there were 21,498 backers. Wow. So it tripled it. Yeah. And the, and the Rancor couldn't make 9,000. So anyway, I've, I've talked for a super long time. I, I, I didn't mean to, but I had meant for us just to do an episode about this. Yeah. Because it, it, it was something where I was emotionally invested and I, I wanted... I wanted to like it. I wanted to want to back it. And I didn't do well, it. That's, well, yeah, that's like one of our favorite monsters from the original series, right? Yeah. So, quite honestly, after hearing all that, I'm kind of glad that they didn't sucker a bunch of backers in at the last minute. Hopefully they learned they can't just uh, put any or try anything out there. That they need to be enthused about it and... You know, be, like you said, it didn't sound like they were even ready to sell it when they put it out there. I don't know what the timetable was for it. Like, did they, were they competing against each other? You know, the, the Marvel group's going to compete against the Star Wars group and the G.I. Joe group or something like that. Well, that's how capitalism works. But I don't think it should be that way. Because you're all working for the same parent company. Right. Like... I, I I believe that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, usually I know these things pretty well, but I feel like Disney released 
Spider-Man No Way Home and the West Side Story remake in the same week. And that feels like one of those where it's, okay, you know, two competing projects at the same time. And, and Yeah, it might have, might have been a week apart, but still, that doesn't give West Side Story a lot of breathing room. And West Side Story ate it hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's, it's got to be way up there as far as Spielberg flops, right there with 1941. <laughs> Maybe that's not Disney's fault. But it just—you don't want to do that. You don't want to release two of your products on the same day that, so that they compete. It's too bad. There will be other uh, Haslabs, and and maybe one day they'll they'll try and do the Rancor again. But do you go to toy stores very often? Have you ever seen what Mattel does for the Jurassic World dinosaurs? Oh no! For forty nine ninety nine, you can get a gigantic. T-Rex or Indominus Rex or Carnotaurus. They're gargantuan. And, and these are for $50. They roar. They have, you know, jaws that open and close. And I know that, that there's a, a fee that Hasbro has to pay for Star Wars merchandise and all that. But it just seems like for $150, for $200, you could put out a perfectly serviceable impressive huge six inch scale rancor yeah and maybe these are apples and oranges but if you've ever seen they call them like the the super colossal tyrannosaurus super colossal indominus rex super colossal they they are so impressive and so big and you could feed a gamorian guard to one of these t-rexes somehow mattel is able to sell these things for fifty dollars it just makes me wonder what's going on with... Because, uh, listen, a Rancor doesn't have to be able to do all sorts of poses. If the legs were static and the only things that were articulated was the mouth and the hands, maybe the arms, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just... Yeah, I, I feel like maybe we should say this is the end of the episode because people have been listening to me go on and on and on for so long. <laughs> But just, I wanted to vent about that. I was disappointed. But in a way, like you said, it was almost a good thing that it didn't fund. Because they so mishandled it that you want them to learn a lesson or they you want them to at least look and say, well, why didn't this work? We thought for sure we would sell, you know, 15,000 of these. Why didn't it? Yeah, this is Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a no-brainer to, you know, when you first say, okay, yeah, they're going to make this, the six-inch scale Rancor, that just seems like, yeah, of course, everybody's going to want that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to to find out the story behind what was going on behind the scenes, because there had to be something, like something dropped out before they could put it on sale, and so they were behind in what they could do, or somebody got fired, and so it was scrap together what you can to start it out or something like that there like it's just but then it just seems like bad decision after bad decision after that yeah it was a perfect storm of not greatness but but one thing that i took comfort in was suddenly i had four hundred dollars that I could spend on something else. <laughs> and you know me, I probably would have bought three of them. And so, you know, that's that's over a grand that it saved me. So were you one of those uh, 
8499 backers? I wasn't. Yeah, that's No, I I I never backed it and I had it open on my browser if the numbers had shot way 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 up and we were going to get a Luke Skywalker and we were going to get skulls and cardboard and a Gamorrean guard and a Rancor keeper and a salacious crumb, I would have had to support it, I think. But when the number was so low that we weren't going to get any of those extras, yeah, I just couldn't commit. And I know that there were people that really, really wanted it and were disappointed and sort of blamed pessimism or, you know, for ruining it for the rest of them. Oh, yeah. But I didn't name all of the other complaints that other people had. (laughs) There were people that said, this doesn't look like the Rancor from the movie. The head looks wrong. And if that's the case, yeah, you I don't know that you would want to get it if it looked wrong to you. Yeah. Now that you say that, I'm sure there are people like, anybody that doesn't back this isn't a true Star Wars fan or something like that. You know, they're like, you're ruining it for our, the real fans that really want this stuff. Yeah, I, I can see people feeling that way. But to to be honest, it just I, w- I was never really even on the fence after it had been mishandled so badly and... And, and I thought about it because, like I said, I was emotionally invested. I thought, if I were in charge of this, what would I do? And I thought, well, listen, I would do a live stream every week or every five days. And I would get Phil Tippett on the phone and say, hey, would you do a Zoom call with me and tell me about what it was like building the Rancor? I would get Ben Burt on the line and say, hey, how did you do the voice of the Rancor? What is that roar? And tell me how that was done. And, and I would get the guy. I looked him up. The guy that played the Rancor Keeper is still alive. He's living in <laughs> England. I would get him on the phone and say, okay, what was that like? And, and how did you get the part? And what, what did you actually see? What did they show you? And, and the, the crying scene, how, how, how many takes did they do of that? And was there anything deleted? And what did you feel like in 1983 when you saw a toy of yourself? You know, there are innumerable people that you could talk to. You, Mark Hamill will always do press about Star Wars and ask him how he, he did it. And, and how did you imagine that, that the scene would look? And what was it like in 83 when you saw it all edited together? And but they did nothing. Even just three people in a room talking about how much they loved the Rancor, how much scared they were of it when they were children, is better than nothing, which is what we got. Yeah. I mean, it's so expensive to begin with. And then if you don't have anything behind it, it's a good thing. <laughs> it didn't fund. Anyway, I appreciate you uh, indulging me, letting me talk for... Yeah, I know. I think it's it's that, that whole thing is fascinating to me that... The collectors and the everything. Dude, I almost feel like this should be its own episode. There's a guy on YouTube and he has a channel and he's like the world's biggest job of the hut collector. And he, he buys everything that's from Jabba's Palace and Jabba the Hut related. And he'll put up videos of his collection, like the top five Princess Leia in the Jabba's prisoner outfit. You know, metal bikini as people usually call it. Yeah items in my collection and and that and he showed off like the rancors that he has and this guy has several 3d printers and he'll make characters that were never made of you know Jabba's palace cronies and then the thing that most impressed me 
or horrified me, I guess is a good way of putting it, is he 3D printed a life-size Jabba the Hutt. Holy cow, how do you do that? He did it like puzzle pieces. He took a model, like the most detailed 3D model imaginable, and he blew it up to one-to-one scale, and then he sliced it like digitally into, you know, however many pieces it would take. And then he printed them one at a time. And we, and he did a, several videos about it as he was printing them out. Wow. Then he would sand them and glue them together. And he, he made this huge, uh, I mean, you, you know how huge Jabba is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, mean, I think he had five people inside him and he made it and it's, it's in his garage but he said that once he'd put it together, it's always going to be there. You can't take it out or take anywhere. You know what I mean? It's it's a permanent thing because it's the size of a pickup truck, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that guy's dedication really impressed me. That, that guy loves Jabba the Hutt. He loves Jabba's Palace. And he knows all of these characters and all this, this stuff in it. I sort of lived vicariously watching his videos of his collection and the things that he had made. And I didn't need, I don't need a life-size job of the hut, <laughs> but to watch this guy and how much joy he gets from it, I was like, yeah, good for you, pal. That sort of stuff is really fun. He made 3D printed a job of the hut in the Kenner scale. And you know what I mean by the Kenner scale, right? Yeah. The smaller three and a half inch or whatever. Did you have a Jabba in 83? I think so. Okay. So he made one of those where he'd taken a scan of the Kenner toy from 83, but it is a visible job of the hut. And by visible, I mean, do you, did you ever see the visible man toys or visible woman? Oh, yeah. 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 Those were cool. So it has layers and you can take the layers off and see Jabba's musculature and skeleton underneath. <laughs> And he 3D printed this, made it himself, and now he's selling them. Wow. And it's just really cute. It's, it's neat to see that. I, I don't need one, but I like that he did it. And he's done all sorts of fun things. He did like a holographic projection job of the hut, where he did it in like that translucent blue plastic. Uh-huh. Uh, and then put like a, a little LED light underneath it. And, and Big Ankovich was just like, dude. This is how Jabba should have been in the special edition. He's never forgotten that I suggested that, that Jabba should have just been a hologram. And so when Han Solo walked around him, he just walked through him. Yeah, that's true. And it wouldn't have looked ridiculous. And yeah, he he still is upset about that. And I can't blame him because that Jabba thing is still pretty lame all these years later. It is. But yeah, the idea of a holographic Jabba is really, really neat. And uh, yeah, he did one in rainbow colors and he just uh, did one in glow in the dark. (laughs) And I suppose if you have a 3D printer, you want to use it. So it's not gone to waste. But he he sticks with Java, right? He doesn't do the other huts. I've never seen him do another hut. And I, I know there was, was it Gardula was the one that we saw for just a second in Phantom Menace? Yeah, yeah, she was in the... When he rings the bell or whatever for the race to start. Right. And there was Stinky, right? In the Clone Wars cartoon in the first, in the movie thing. Yeah. Who was Jabba's nephew. And his name wasn't really Stinky, right? 
No, that was their nickname for it. I can't, I don't can't remember what his name Let's was. Let's say it was Rota the Hut. <laughs> and then I remember there being like Jabba's brother or something like that in the comics or the you know, that wanted to avenge his death. Well, yeah, in the Clone Wars there was several different huts and they would they would get together with a, a hut council or whatever and did they look um, cool or did they all just look like a different colored Jabba? There was a couple of them that looked all right, but then I can't, I'm trying to find his name. The one with the Texan accent or whatever. He was Colonel Sanders or whatever. Oh, see, that's, that's a mistake. Yeah. You shoot. you would either have him speak Hatties like Jabba did or have somebody speaking English but trying to replicate that voice, you know? Oh no! The the voice was terrible. That's that's a mistake. Uh, I'll, I'll have to find a sample of it, and and we can include it in the podcast. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I see no need for resentment in light of this joyous occasion of my freedom. Of course, I do appreciate the help in my escape. Yes, take me to my room. I only hope the accommodations are satisfactory. As hard as it is to confess this to you, Snooty, I'm not a perfect hut. We'll have to have all of this Jabba stuff be uh, like an outtake for the Patreon supporters. Yeah, we could. Uh, Zero the Hut. Z-I-R-O was the name of the, the hut. The Texan one? The Texan one, yeah. <sighs> I just can't get my head around that. That seems like such a dumb choice to make. I mean, Jabba the Hutt was always really cool and really foreboding or whatever. And it just made the huts look stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, you've got to be really careful on things like that. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily Jabba, I suppose. But when there are these characters that that we love so much, you know, you kind of have to tread lightly and try and present them in a respectful way and you know a lot of people were upset and have been upset for years and years of the way that boba fett died because he was such a cool character and uh the bantha poodoo really hit the fan with luke skywalker in in <laughs> last jedi with people saying that he was not being respected as a character and, and in fact some would say his character was assassinated. Yeah, some, some would say that. I don't, I, I don't know who. <laughs> okay, here's here's a sample of uh, Zero the Hut here. Oh, you must be Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> Padawan. <laughs> and what makes you say something so utterly ridiculous, youngling? Does that sound like a hut to you? No, but, but I can't imagine a Jabba-looking person sounding like that. Yeah, me neither. It, it has to be a deep voice, That right? sounds like Winnie the Pooh's rich uncle or something. I... <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of like purplish in color, and he's got lines on him. It's just weird. I don't, I don't get it. Well, it's it's hard to say. I Do you ever see Jabba on the Clone Wars? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's in there. He's part of the council or whatever. And does he speak subtitled Hatties? I think most of the time he does. Okay, well, I think that's how how you have to do it. Yeah. Is you, you want to respect this character as much as possible. 
or or present him in in as similar a way as possible. I, that's just me. I, you know, I love Jabba the Hutt. I, I think that he's an, an amazing creation. We've talked about it before. But in 1982, that cost a million dollars for Jabba the Hutt to create him and you know produce that thing. And, wow. And that is a lot of money. But it's something that I always say. It's never going to look any faker today than it did in 1983. And yeah. It's all on the screen, and I feel like you know it's such a significant character, just like Yoda was in Empire, where they dedicated yeah. so much time and so much resources. And and Mark Hamill, when he tells the story, is just like, well, yeah, we were in that soundstage for a, a, a month doing Yoda <laughs> stuff. You know, it's just like day after day after day, and I was so lonely. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, Kenny is on the call sheet today. Thank goodness I'll have someone to talk to. <laughs> but, you know, they really, really wanted to sell Yoda as a living thing. And that, that's what they did with Jabba, too. It's just that, that so, so impressive. Well, yeah, because how many, how many puppeteers did they have working Jabba? Like eight or something like that? Well, you know, they had somebody doing the breathing with like a bellows in and out. One guy worked the left arm and, and the, the mouth. The other guy worked the right arm and the tongue. Yeah. And then there the was a eyes. guy doing the eyes, making the eyes blink. There was a little person inside controlling the tail. Oh, really? They were inside, huh? Yeah. Huh. Poor guy just roasted in there. You know, they had, oh. they would feed <laughs> hoses into the suit because that's basically what it was was a big rubber suit right they'd feed hoses air hoses in there so they could breathe and then they also had closed circuit tvs inside the suit so the performers could see how it looked wow from the outside uh, i went to a, a presentation of that at the star wars celebration in indianapolis in 2005 where they had gotten all of those puppeteers together on a panel and they talked about what each of their jobs was and how <laughs> miserable it was. And then at the end of the presentation, they all got in position of where they were in, you know, with the job of the hut puppet. Huh. And that was just really, really neat. I, <laughs> I took a picture of the five guys, you know, each, each doing their part. And, uh, it's one of those things. Everything is CG now. Everything is they did that with a computer. Yeah. And so there's no mystery of how the devil did they pull that off? In the old days, you would tune in, you would read Starlog magazine or whatever to find out how they did it. It was a simpler time. Is that what Obi-Wan says? A more civilized day. Yeah. A more elegant weapon, right? Yeah. An elegant... Yeah, I, I love that sort of thing. And every time, you know, I hear somebody interviewed that talks that was there and talked about what they did or scenes that we never saw or somebody got sick that day. And so they, they filled in and did two things. Those stories just delight me. They entertain me like nobody's business. Well, I've definitely enjoyed uh, talking about this, the Rancor and Jabba the Hutt and stuff. Um, we do plan on talking about the Book of Boba Fett. But uh, kind of like we did The Mandalorian last time, we, we doubled up on the episodes and we did two at a time, even though we're going to be an odd episode on the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, we'll make it work. So we'll do 
chapters one and two of the book of Boba Fett next time. But it's been a while since we got together, so it's kind of fun just to get back and, and talk Star Wars and and all these things that uh, make us happy. So thanks, Rish, for telling your tale of uh, the Rancor. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to it. And for those of you who are still listening at home, thank you. And let us know in the comments if you want uh, what your favorite Jabba the Hutt palace <laughs> hanger on is. Yeah, definitely. And if, if you want to email the show, you can go to journeyintopodcast at gmail.com. Of course, the voicemail line is always open if you want to do that. It's uh, 77JN2107. And if you want to support the podcast, please go, head on over to patreon.com slash journeyinto. And uh, yeah, we'd love your support and uh, let people know about this podcast and that you enjoy it and uh, get the word out to everybody. Um, even though we've, we've kind of been on a hiatus a little bit, we, we never intended to to not do another episode of the Delusions of Grandeur. It's, it's too much fun to stop doing it. So thanks everybody. And uh, we'll be back next time back on Tatooine where we belong. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, good night, Rish. And uh, again, happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year to you. Uh, if, if you had wished Jabba a happy new year, he would have fed you to his menagerie. <laughs> yes. Yes, he would have. May the Force be with you, everyone. Good night. The Delusions of Grandeur podcast was produced by the Creative Commons side of the Force. The Force? Well, the Force is what gives a podcast its power. It's a license created by all living shows. You can download it, share it, feel it flowing through you. But if you take credit for it, or try to sell it, then you have been seduced by the dark side, and will become more machine now than man. Or woman. Thank you, young When we talked about Galactus a few months ago, were you ever tempted to back Galactus? And is there any Marvel character that you would that you'd spend hundreds of dollars on? No, I I just can't get myself to spend that much money on it. I don't know that Galactus though would probably be the closest. That that's pretty cool because I I remember when I got my Silver Surfer figure, I like now they need to do a two scale Galactus to to match this. Silver Surfer. But. You still have that Silver Surfer, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, I sold my uh, my last one for $75 just just like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. And I'm sure that it would have sold for more if people didn't know that they're getting another Silver Surfer next year. Yeah, and you know, I guess, you know, also throwing in those other bonus heralds of Galactus, that's pretty cool. And the Doctor Doom thing. I mean, that that is pretty enticing. But I just don't know if I could, you know, if if I was going to, to try to profit from it and, you know, resell it or whatever, that might be worth it. But just for me to have in my house, that's still a lot of money to, to pay for that. So Yeah, and, and that was part of my talking myself out of the Rancor is 
would I display it? Would I have a place for it? Or would it just end up in a box in the basement or in a storage unit? And really, how fun is that? Like, I have this really wonderful Sideshow Collectibles Darth Vader statue that I got. I bought it the year that I was going to go to Comic-Con, and then I didn't get tickets. And I thought, oh, think of all the money I was going to spend at Comic-Con. Suddenly, I have all that money now. <laughs> and so I bought this Darth Vader statue, and it just sits in my storage unit in a box. Yeah, it does me no good. And so I was worried that the Rancor, which costs more than that statue, would be like that. Not if it's going to break on you. Yeah, there has to be that personal connection to it, which I guess with the Rancor there would be. We can talk about the first two episodes of Jabba the Hutt next week of, or something. Of Boba Fett. Sure, yeah, let's do that. Especially since it's midnight and you have to be up at three. Actually, I have a day off tomorrow. So. Oh, that's good, man. Sorry, I just feel like I've talked way, way, way too long. And in for a penny, in for a pound. Now we're doing outtakes. <laughs> well, I, I kind of agree with you. It, it's probably good enough to make this its own episode. Okay, well then, give me your three favorite denizens of Jabba the Hutt's palace. Oh, okay. The Bomar monks, the little spider droid things with the brains. <laughs> Not Boosh, but the... Uh... Well, I liked Boosh, but that wasn't a denizen necessarily. I, I think you could count her if 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 she's in your top three. Yeah, yeah, definitely her, or him, I guess it was originally. And then, uh, oh, why not uh, Max Rebo? <laughs> <laughs> Were you happy to see Max Rebo again? I was. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It's better than Snice Noodle or whoever she is. <laughs> <laughs> 